Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One James Rhodes. One Bruce Banner. Hashtag One. rest in power. <laughs> Do we need to start over now? No. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'd rather host Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Hansel Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Rest in power, Rody. Rest. Hashtag rest in power. Rest in power. Rody and you're you're, you're you're Rody. I am Rody. But I was gonna say, what up, Rody? Oh, it's episode one hundred and fifty-four. Eric, how are you? Yeah, yeah. That no, I'm I'm good for a dead green guy. Oh, okay. Well, hashtag rest in power. You just keep doing that. Uh, we are uh, we are discussing Cobra Round Three by Michelle Fifay in Nerd Boy Book Club. Later on, more people dying in that book. Not as many as the last one, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. <laughs> I guess we'll discuss discuss that. I hope so. Otherwise, why are we here? Why are we here? Oh, uh, we we are here to talk about also comic books that came out this week, Eric. Oh hell, that's why. Damn it! I just gave purpose to your life. You did. I don't know what else I'd be doing today. Fun stuff. I am not. I'm not. I don't think I'm allowed to have fun. You are. You do it a lot. I do not. Okay, when you you do it occasionally. At least once a week. <laughs> I'm not sure about all this, but we'll 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 hash that out. Okay. At some point. Good. We need to. Yes. Yes. It is time for Weekly Lobbies. Weekly Lobbies is the part of the show, and Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books. To tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five. We can be mushy from time to time. Mm-hmm. Our first book is. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth, number one. Written by Julie and Shauna Benson. Art Claire Rowe. Colors Alan Pasalacqua. Steve Wands on letters. Where, where do you want to start on this, sir? I want to start by opening it first. Okay, that's probably a good place. That is a good place. I really need to participate here. Um, I, cause I know where I, the thing that, stands out and otherwise like fine comic yeah is the killing joke stuff it did seem weird but i mean i'm not surprised they're trying to i mean it's confusing that it's i mean i guess that's what this is is like let's reboot and smash everything together and everything's real and all this stuff and it, it's really strange like you can't apply any sort of continuity to this any of the other stuff that we've read or am i just insane and this makes perfect sense to you it does not make that's i it doesn't make sense thank thank you that's I'm what I mean, that, that is what that is what i'm it. saying is that i i understand that they want they are wanting to do stuff about her time as oracle mm-hmm. they want to i assume make this hugely popular uh shit movie Based on 
an Alan Moore comic that he wrote in an afternoon that he doesn't really give a shit about anymore. That's so important to everyone Make- that really wants to shoot women. God almighty. <laughs> who, who gives a fuck about the killing joke? I, 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 God almighty. I remember the first time I read the killing joke and I got to the end of it and I'm like, well, where's the issue too? <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's it. Why does, why do people care about this? I, I don't know. I agree with you. I'm surprised actually that the, I was, I was expecting to have all the vitriol here and you, you've managed to supply some I of think- your own and I appreciate it. I'm um, just frustrating. I mean, you heard about the, the yes, uh, the, about the, Az- the Azarello, um, comment at a panel at, uh, San Diego. This, no, uh, this I haven't event. heard about this. What did he say? Uh, there was a panel about that movie and, uh, someone was, you know, they were doing their standard, you know, internet SJW complaining about it, <laughs> which, you know, that, I, 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 I sound like I'm making fun of it and I am, but they are certainly on the right side of this dumbass movie. And he just said, well, you're a pussy. Shut up. And yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I don't, you don't need to include that. That comic is, I think we've gone over this. It mm-hmm. looks really nice, but it doesn't do a bunch for Batman. All it, that, all that comic book accomplishes is crippling a character. That really, for, for no reason other to hurt a male character. Yeah. Like, literally, that was all that happens in that comic book. And why after, especially after the accomplished run of The Last Batgirl, that was very good, and didn't mm-hmm. rely on that, just ignored no. it, and it was very good. Why do you, why on in the Rebirth comic, when you're like, hey, this is the new status quo, let's bring up all that bad stuff. That, mm-hmm. that we don't need to do. That you, there is a prescient example of them not needing it to make Batgirl a very interesting, compelling, fun comic book. I don't, and on top of the thing that Batgirl is now like making out with Batman in the, that movie. Yeah, that's also gross. That's something I didn't need. No, why, who, I, and, and, they talked to Bruce Tim about it and he's like, no, it, he's like acting like he's not, a part of the movie that he certainly helped make. I don't understand. I don't, I just don't understand it. Like, and this comic book, aside from all that, it's hard for it not to color my taste of it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I feel like it does a decent job with her voice and this whole crew and this cast and like, and trying to like introduce all these different characters and what's going to be happening. But I just can't get past the killing joke stuff. Like, I don't want that in my Batgirl comics. I don't. I think it's, I don't know that it's easy enough to ignore because the whole book is about Oracle, Mm -hmm. which I don't mind Oracle. You know, the whole idea of Barbara being a strong person and still trying to fight crime, even though she's been injured. I don't know. I I liked that about her. I always liked her as Oracle, but it's better that she's yeah, Jesus. Um I feel like all the bad decisions about this book, there's some stuff that's a little funny or a little clunky, but all the major bad decisions are those things and feel outside the decision making of this creative team that they've done everything right. They even drew her holding the soldering iron, at least semi-correctly, which is important. 
I just don't understand. Yeah, like, you can write this comic book without... You, like, why don't you just... You can obliquely reference that without just dedicating an entire page to the, the killing joke again. Like, I don't... If you want to include it, I don't agree with that, but... That's the thing. I don't think it was there to... It, th- th- that's an editorial decision from my perspective. I don't think it had anything to do with this creative team. I mean, do you? Do you disagree with me? My instinct is to say that you're 100% correct. I just, you know, obviously there is no proof. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it feels in. it. Yes, you are right. It that, feels that's, that's very really, much. Yeah. That's really how I come at it is that it fits in with this larger push here. We have this stupid ass movie that's coming out. And I mean, motherfuckers still adore this comic and they think it's amazing and magical and it, it's just it was interesting in a moment in time, but it's 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 not the Dark Knight Returns. It's not Watchmen. It's it's not it's I don't know. It's probably the least the least good thing Alan Moore has ever done. It's, uh, no, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, and I I say this as an admitted Alan Moore fanboy, but it's. It's a bunch of no thank you. Does that make you not want to buy the this this comic book moving forward? Um I kinda this is this still feels like my babs, you know? And I'm I'm into more of of my babs. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Huntress here. Like this is just weird to me. But I guess it's a character I've never known I've never known anything about. It's just so confusing to me. Um I can look past it, and I think the book is okay. I mean, there are better teams that have handled this, but this one isn't making a, hack, a hatchet job of it. So it's kind of a soft buy, you know? Not that it's particularly weak, but I'm anxious for the next books. The art's got a few problems, but it's largely really, really beautiful and truly excellent. This colorist is really on point. They work really well together. So what does that mean? I, it's a soft buy. I'm, uh. Give me a number. I'll, I'll give you a number. Ooh. I'll just go one. Because I'm just, the, you know, I honestly, I could even go two. I'll, I can, I can go, I, I'll, I'll double down, go for two. Okay. I'm, 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 it makes me a little anxious to look through this book, but it is, it is not bad. And it is certainly a nice looking comic book. I, I'm uh, torn, sort of. Um, Are you like Natalie Imbruglia? It, I am precisely like Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, I'm a one-hit wonder from the late 90s. Um, it's the late 90s. I thought it was more the mid-90s. Maybe. I remember like, okay, maybe like 97? I, I want to say 96. This is a silly thing to debate. It is. I, I'll say I'm also by, I think the book is not, is not, is, is like, aside from that part, like, everything is solid. I just, I hope that this is it for that. I hope it is only in this and then they don't have to. It's gonna, it's gonna completely revolve around Oracle. So I think we're neck deep in this shit. <sighs> okay. I, I don't know if this comes from the, I mean, honestly, this could come from the pitch and this could come from editorial. I don't know, but let, you know, let's push go on this. I'm, 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 I'm nervous. I want to see where it goes, so I can be I can be angry about issue three or two. 
that's that's the position I want to be in. Okay, good. I'll I'll buy. I will go a little mushier than you. I'll go mush four. And then Torn came out in 1997. Okay, close for all for all of you keeping score at home. <laughs> that's that's one 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 point. Ooh, on the no Google uh, 90s. Oh God. Uh, uh, pop music challenge. Do I have to mow your lawn at the end of this? And well, you're you're winning. So oh, okay. So we have to guess what your father of mine came out next. Oh. I'm not even gonna try. Okay, this good. Is, All right. Dumb. Double buy on Batgirl and the Birds of Prey rebirth number one. Mush meter of three. That's yeah, how that's average, that's how average that's, work. That's that's what we say. That's that is that is what we say. Our next comic book is Hellblazer rebirth number one. You gotta say it in a voice like that. Mm-hmm. You have to be very gruff. Mm-hmm. I don't have a British accent though, so it doesn't really it doesn't work as well. I, but I'm not gonna um, try because it'd be terrible. I know. I, I'll I'll start. I'll like turn into a pirate or something. <laughs> written Simon Oliver, artist Moritat, colors Andre Simon Simonop, Simonowitz, and Moritat letters Sal Cipriano. What do you think? You know, I'm pretty okay with it. Uh, the, I, I mean, I like mischievous trickster stories mm-hmm. you know it's always fun and i think that i like the idea of john constantine a lot better than any of the sum of any of the constantine stories that i have read mm-hmm. and i don't know i root for it i want to read a good constantine comic and this one is fine. I enjoy it. I he, think it looks good. He's uh, trying to beat Baraka. He is trying to beat Baraka from Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, but he got uh, he got some gauges put in his ears. He did. He's, he's um, hipster he grew, Baraka. He, he grew ears and then put gauges in them. That is a Baraka thing, though. What is? He would If he had ears, he would definitely gauge them. Uh, I think he would probably, yeah. I mean, if he had a, a nose, he'd put a ring in it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like Beyonce said. What What did Beyonce say? Shut up, Robbie. <laughs> is, that, is that what she said? Probably should have. Yeah, she probably should have. Forward slash shut up, Robbie. Are you a buy? Um, yeah, I think so. Honestly, I'm mostly positive on this book. Like, I think the last Constantine stories that I really enjoyed were the Tinian books. These these books have some truly stellar pages and some fairly average drawing. Uh, I mean, I guess I want to say average because it's very skilled. It's just some of it has a lot of appeal and looks really good, and some of it's really ugly. Um, and the colorist is kind of trying to make everything look like Quake, which I don't really, I don't know. I like I like color. I, mean, yeah. I guess it suits. I guess it suits. Um, it sort of suits this sort of noirish thing, but I don't. I don't want to see that. It's like when they started putting purple gloves on Batman. I. I. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. We. We live in a world where that's okay. You know, put color in it. Don't. Don't give him a doo doo green jacket. I don't want to see that. It's. It's nasty looking. Just use real colors. It's. It's not color sophistication. It's just nasty. A lot of these faces look like uh, James Harvey faces. 
I think the ones that I like the most on the women are look like James Harvey faces. This is a this is a good comic, but I think like I really desperately want I really desperately want good Constantine books. So maybe I'm projecting that onto it. Well, that's but okay. it's there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. I I think it's technically sound. It's a good Constantine story. I say hell, go for it. Yeah, I feel like for a rebirth issue, I feel like it's very solid. It sets mm-hmm. his it sets his status quo at a pretty uh, a solid place. I would look for it to try and find an identity other than hey, it's that John Constantine. Mm-hmm. Like just as in a, as a greater whole, like what is it trying to say? I feel like that is the only thing I could take against this book is that it doesn't seem to be going anywhere in particular other than saying hey, it's yeah. still John Constantine. Here's a solid John Constantine story. Mm-hmm. But and that's the thing, like we said that exact or i said that exact same thing about those green lantern books that's just like here's a green lantern story that Mm. doesn't hardly say anything but i think exactly like i'm saying like i'm so hungry for a john constantine story that i'm okay that this isn't making much of a statement you know like i would rather this i would rather this be a little bolder like the tinian or like the um even like the new Green Arrow, you know, that it has a point of view. And I yeah. think you're right. That's very astute of you. It's a little bland that way. That it's just like, here, I'm a, I'm a blonde wizard, and I'm going to trick you. Oi! Oi! <laughs> there you go. See, I told you. Yeah. Australian. It's Australian. I, I would say I'm a buy on this because it is a rebirth issue, because it there is potential here. You know, I will give it this book a chance moving forward. We'll probably read a couple issues here and there mm-hmm. and see if it does kind of move in that direction. I also I, I am only on board hope. with your general assessment that I also yes. like this character in the greater DC universe, and I want him to be interesting. Let's hope Shao Kahn and Raiden are in the next book. Ooh. Only if it's Raiden played by Christopher Lambert. I feel like that is... That is, that is, yeah. You mean Christopher Lambert? No, he's French. You gotta say Lambert. You, I, I don't have to do that. You do have to. It's, it's in the law. It's, that's a stupid law. They can come put me in jail. The, who's they? The Lambert police. Ooh, okay, got it. That is a uh, double buy. Hellblazer Rebirth, number one. Next up, Eric's favorite book of the week. He, he, already, <laughs> he, he foreshadowed that. He told me that before we started recording. Uh, it is Justice League, number one. Why don't I just write down where the credits are before we start? I'm an idiot. That's a really smart idea, and you're really dumb. I'm dumb. I know. Written by Brian Hitch, penciled by Tony S. Daniel, inked by Sandu Floria, colored by Tommy Mori, lettered by Richard Starkings, and Comicraft. Why are they letting Brian Hitch write things? Um... I mean, just because you can put words in, you know, in front of other words and after other words, it's not really writing, is it? Um, I mean, I guess you could call it writing. Yeah. It, I mean, I, text, I mean, it depends what you like. Are we having like a greater philosophical discussion about what writing is? Well, I'm, I mean, you're, this is. I would say this is a very flat kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's that last book he wrote too, right? The, the rebirth. The, yes. The rebirth yeah, it issue. Was yeah. The exact same thing that, well, here's stuff happening and here's all the Justice League, and they're saving people, and oh my god, it's so cool, and da 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 and and who cares? It yeah, it does not have a like I, we mentioned point of view. Yeah, in the last this is is nothing. Like there's nothing. It is just like 
chaos and the Justice League showing up. This is this is written like an unimaginative child watching these characters on Saturday morning cartoons. You know, at least like, you know, a kid would go off the rails and write it like Axe Cop. There's nothing imaginative or fun in this. It's the same buildings falling apart and the same superheroes it, from a million years ago doing the exact same thing over and over. I mean, nothing about the art or look of the book is poorly executed, but... I actually like the art quite a bit. I, I'm generally I not th- a huge yeah. fan of Tony Daniel, but he does a really good job. I th- There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's fine. It's perfectly good uh, comic art. The colorist is is quite on point. Um, it works really well, but it's like, why are we expending our energy to do this? I mean, I, I don't know. If, if it's in, like, the dialogue is clunky. It, it is, like, showing the Justice League just stopping, like, buildings from collapsing. I don't, why? Like, what are we learning? What is this showing us in a Justice League comic we haven't seen before? Like, that's what I brought up in that rebirth. And, like, there's nothing in this that is new or, ex- or exciting. There's no status quo there. Like, it hints at the end, like, near the end, like, the last eight pages or so of this, of, of some mysterious villain or, or force or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But why don't we just start with that? Why not start with the thing that we don't know? Why are we getting the two Green Lanterns talking out to each other about what the... I don't know if we can do this. You can't worry now, <laughs> Jessica. There are millions of lives at stake. We are Green Lanterns now, part of the Justice League. It's our job. Don't get cocky. This is far from over. Have I talked to you about the delay issue of Sandman? I don't remember. You probably have, but I, I don't think remember. It was, I, I think her name was Karen Berger. Was Neil Gaiman's editor at when he was at Vertigo writing the Sandman and he was writing season of mists and she told him that you need to write a spacer issue because the devil is not going to be in hell in DC continuity when you write that book. And he was enraged about this. It's like, you're messing with the master plan and this is terrible. And I hate you. Hashtag nerd rage. Um, but I feel like this is a thing that they do a lot in DC. I mean, I I mean, maybe this is just what Brian Hitch thinks a good comic is. And maybe, I mean, the fact that it's introduced at the end leads me to believe that they just, they're like, this event has to happen at the end. This has to be introduced here, but nothing can happen. This whole issue is setting up things that are going to happen in a month, in three weeks, why in two is it, weeks. Why is it this, if this is doing that, why is, wasn't this the rebirth issue? Like, if this was the rebirth issue and that last issue with the weird, the, where it's basically the same, why mm-hmm. isn't this that issue where it's introducing the idea well, of these, the kindred, whatever that is, but... I'll, I'll answer your question with another question. Did you buy both of those books? I did. Well... I, I, that, I, I, that is, that is your answer. I am the problem. Right there. Well, I can tell I, you I what. Will, I will say Wonder Woman stabbing a fucking lightning bolt into the ground is pretty fucking sweet. I, 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 I could take more of that. That's, that's fucking rad. That's probably the best thing I can think of, of her coming out of, uh, like becoming Zeus's daughter. 
that's really that's like so badass i can't stand it but more I, people just spear lightning bolts into the ground i agree with you this comic still is not very good uh mm. it does not make you want to read justice league it makes me want to avoid justice league mm-hmm. until they don't have hitch writing it uh so do not buy this comic book nothing happens in it yeah double do not buy yes Correct. justice league number one okay eric this is the comic. Well, our next two comics are really the ones I really like. I was really actually looking forward to talking to you about because mm-hmm. they are they're interesting. The first they are interesting. The first are two indie indie books uh, of the week. One, the first one is Snot Girl number one, written by Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, drawn by Leslie Hung, colors Mickey Quinn, letters Murray uh, Murray Odomo, created by Brian Lee O'Malley and Leslie Hung. Now, I, you know, Brian Lee O'Malley has announced this comic. This comic's been announced a long time. I think last year's Image, mm-hmm. one of the Images, Image Expo, I think it was, they announced this book. So it's been like eight months, maybe, this has been out there that this is coming. Long enough that I have forgotten about it multiple times. Yeah, exactly. Like every couple months, like Brian Lee O'Malley tweets something about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that weird, the comic that's titled Snot Girl is going to be coming out at some point. Uh, and I just still don't follow that man on Twitter, so I don't know. He tweets a lot less than he used to. That's um, probably a good thing. Yeah, he's, I assume, writing this and writing and drawing his own next thing, he's probably super busy. Um, it's, I, I prefer him writing and drawing things and not being a jerk-off on Twitter. So Okay, so uh, what did you expect coming into this? Um, To be perfectly honest, I expected it to be re- a lot weirder. Okay. It it is it's too Scott Pilgrim and not enough seconds to me. I feel like it bites on on what he did in in Scott Pilgrim too much. Um I I enjoy this. Don't don't get me wrong. Um I have tremendous respect for O'Malley as a creator. Um I think he's kind of a mean jagweed on online. Um but he's a, a good creator. This is a little, it feels a little off, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I mean, he writes really good characters and uh, this is a, a conversation I was having last night that it's something that I don't think I could be very good at is writing a female character that is as flawed as Lottie is, but like, I think she's like you root for, and she's likable, and you see her vulnerability, but she's still a deeply flawed person. And I don't just mean like her allergies and how she's so disgusted by herself, but like how she's so ashamed of it and keeps it pent up. Like that's complicated and interesting to me. Like, have you, how much Steven Universe have you watched? None still. I need to. My, my favorite character, at least from a standpoint of like complexity is um uh pearl pearl is like an amazing character because she has this kind of like complicated like all these flaws she's like got a lot of meanness in her you know but she's a remarkable character i think this kind of has that potential too like she's you know she's she's hateful but also vulnerable and you root for because you see that vulnerability it's interesting what are your thoughts? I've kind of ranted for a minute there. I 
I expected this book actually for most of this book to be exactly kind of what we see. You know, mm-hmm. I just from the preview images I've seen from the name, from knowing what Brian Lee O'Malley writes generally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this seems like the thing it is. Like, not necessarily word for word, like, oh, yeah, I know what this is comic is about, but, like, just the tone of it. What? That ending. Yeah, I I know. What? That makes me – I when it, up until that, I was like, okay, I will probably just buy this in trade at some point. Like, I know it'll be good, but, I, but now I – that intrigues me because that is not what I expected. Mm-hmm. And I don't I it gives me like an American Psycho type vibe. Yeah, a little bit. With you know, I think this is actually more interesting than uh, a Patrick Bateman type character. Uh, just because, like you said, she has those like insecurities and flaws that that are actually visible, you know, physically. Whereas pa- Patrick Bateman was that like just the ubermensch, like he was physically perfect. The only but his mind was broken. This is. In that same kind of, she's obsessed with image and, and, uh, you know, there's the whole, obviously the, the addition of, you know, kind of internet personality and, mm-hmm. and youth culture. Cult but personality. That as well. Um, I, the ending makes me very intrigued. I, I was, I enjoyed this book, but when I read the ending, I'm like, oh, okay. I will, I am, I'm going to follow this for a while. I want to see what this, it, 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 it's, it's set also, the hook. it's also, I just want to point out that it doesn't explicitly show her. I uh, yes, guilt, I know. Is an interesting decision. It. I mean, maybe it's a red herring. I maybe. I mean, it 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 that kind of sets the hook a little deeper for me. Well, yeah, that grayness. Like you don't. I again, mm-hmm. more mystery. I feel like it, the book definitely needs that the bit of mystery. Because, like you said, otherwise it is very much just more Scott Pilgrim style stuff. This is has a little bit more danger than any. Like I feel like neither Scott Pilgrim or Seconds had as much. Like Seconds has more like existential terror and and fear. Mm. Just about you know she's she ends up she's like losing herself through the use of the mushrooms. This is certainly more like tangential ten, tangential. I can't talk. Tangential. Tangential. Like tangential. Tangential. I'm in. Yeah. Like fear and 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 the threat of physical violence, which was in Scott Pilgrim, but it was so cartoony. Like it's not even, mm-hmm. uh, it's not obviously. Yeah, really, it's everyone's a Street Fighter character. Exactly. This is like there's real stakes for this violence. So I'm a buy. I I really enjoy it. What What do you think about uh Hung's art? I I've never seen anything this, from no. Ev- everything about this is is super lovely. It kind of like she draws such pretty perfect women. That it's very interesting that it's it's in this. I don't know. The only thing that it makes me think of, and I can't think of her name that does Sailor Moon. I feel so stupid. This is someone whose name I should know off the top of my hell, head. Her name is Naoko Takeuchi, which is ridiculous because that Takeuchi was my uh, was my Japanese teacher's name. I should remember that. But it's kind of got that like hyper girlishness to it. You know, yeah, it does. like that, that like cartoonishness, femininity. Yeah. But like, she's got like big boogers dripping down her nose. Like, have you seen, I think it was, I think it was in, I know you've seen Spirited Away, but do you know how the, uh, do you know how the, 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 she cried big fat cartoon tears? Mm-hmm. That's what this, it, it, it seems like a direct reference to that. It, uh, it kind of, 
I definitely it's, was thinking like, wow, this is very like it feels very much like a manga. Yeah, no, it does. I I I like that a lot about it. Um, another thing that it makes me think of that you may have not seen, but you should watch Satoshi Kon movies. Um, uh, I was going to call it La Blue Girl, but that's a porn by <laughs> <laughs> by the creator of the Ratsuki Doji. Um, I am talking about Perfect Blue. That's what that is called. That uh, it's this weird story about this. Uh, this pop idol singer and she's trying to change her career and she is kind of having a nervous breakdown and the whole movie you don't know what's going on and it appears like she is blacking out and murdering people um i get a little bit of that from this ending so i think the comparison of like a, a american psycho that's what you said yeah Patrick Bateman. I yes. remember Patrick Bateman. I couldn't remember American Psycho. That and Perfect Blue. Like I think it's it's intriguing to say the least. I'm really looking forward to seeing what in the hell happens here. I think it's going to get fucking strange. I, I yes, I agree. I, I think maybe it was a maybe it was a, a a decision, you know, to start out and feel very plain feel very scott pilgrim yeah really bite on what he's done and then just be like well swerve here's this and i don't know i i can say a lot of mean things about brian leo malley the man is a drop dead serious creator i mean that it's there are few better he is goddamn remarkable i I don't know if i said this already i'm a buy yeah yeah double buy snot girl number one that name it's not girl. It's not girl. Uh, and our final book of the week is Betty and Veronica, number one. Story and art by Adam Hughes, coloring by Jose Villarubia. Letters, Jack Morelli. Editor, Mike Pellerito. You are an adamant critic mm-hmm. of Archie Comics. Yeah. Um, we've, we've enjoyed some of the, the, re, the rebooted mm-hmm. Archie Comics have been, the, by the, all the, accounts, the, good. Right. The Mark Wade book, very good. The uh the Dzars the Dzarsky? Dzarsky? That's, yeah, that's that's whenever he does something bad, it's the Dzarsky. <laughs> that's good. I like that. The Zadarsky. Bizarro Zadarsky is Dzarsky. Yeah. <laughs> <Dzarsky>. <laughs> oh God. Goodness gracious. Um the Dzar Z- I can't still can't do it. Zadarsky and, er- and Erica Henderson book. Jughead, yeah. I think thought was lovely yeah it was, it, good. it was possibly even better than the mark wade book um this is kind of in that vein it's okay it's closer to older archie yes um but it's paired with adam hughes art mm-hmm. what do you th- have we talked about adam hughes I don't think it's ever come up because he does I, mostly just covers now he has done mostly covers and pinups, and I think that I think that his work has suffered over the years. Like I don't think it's bad. Like I like this cover painting, um, but I think I mean his interiors, the line work, the drawing is very good. I don't think this colorist is bad. It's a good sense of color, but I think it's too simple. I would have preferred this to be richer. And, like, I feel that also, like, aside from the dialogue, which Mm -hmm. is 
very strange in well, the variant. Like it very it varies between that older style, like it feels like an eighty five year old man writing teenagers, and then very kind of modern vernacular, which is you know obviously not that, but. And then that cult, what, the, what, where did you? I mostly got eighty-five-year-old man. Well, I, where, it is mostly that, but I feel like some of it, like it feels like some of the, not that it necessarily is the dialogue puts that away, but it's more like just this is like trying to be clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I mean, those those that page those pages where suddenly they're all blank except for Betty and Veronica just discussing what happens in these pages. Mm-hmm. That like that seems like I don't know if that and and the, there's a dog is the narrator in this like it's a very there's like all kinds of strange things happening that are mixed together seen like tonally are 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 and like and like you said like the colors feel like it's trying to show us like in happy days yeah if that's what it it feels very much like hey this is happy days mm-hmm. and but then it has like weird stuff in the middle where, and there's a dog narrating the entire time and and then. For some reason, Betty and Veronica are in swimsuits talking about a page. To be fair, there's a lot of drawings of the girls in swimsuits. Like, they made a lot of excuses. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend that I mostly read... I, I mostly read Archie for that um, when I was a kid. Read, quote-unquote. Um, yeah, there's... There's nothing like overwhelmingly like wretchedly bad about this, but it's still not a thing that I I would I would want. It's not a thing that I would wish for. I I feel like the only like I, I are, is the Adam Hughes drawing good enough to compensate mm-hmm. for the Adam Hughes writing. And I think that a lot of people that answer is yes because he still has his he still has his fans. Yeah, there are you know, still from, a lot of them. Yeah, I mean the the late '90s and early 2000s. They were not that long ago. It it was long enough ago that it feels like this was written by a tragically unhip old man. Um, but is that, do you think that's on purpose or not? You think it's like him? You think he's trying to be like hip in this? Uh, I think he is just trying to write the best story that he can. Um, it just so happens that there's a long tradition of old men writing Archie comics. I don't like I feel like it's like he's going for that pastiche. Yeah. But I don't like that. I don't think it's as meta as that. It's 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 Adam Hughes, it ain't Alan Moore. I want to read Alan Moore's Archie. Alan Moore's Betty and Veronica, Mm -hmm. in which they analyze social injustices or environmentalism or deal with a, a robot detective. I uh, I mean I'll take it a, trans- they, a, a transformer detective. They they meet uh, they meet Nick Valentine. Sure, that I would be that'd be so stupid I would die. But I mean it's not like there haven't been that kind of dumb shit happening in uh, Archie for years. Are you a buy on this, sir? I it's so hard for me to come up with an answer to that. Like it kind of feels like it doesn't do enough in any direction. Um. Adam Hughes is a man of immense talent that I feel has kind of been coasting on that talent for a long time. And I'm sure to write and draw a book like this is still a lot of work. And it just, I don't know. It kind of makes me question, was he ever the person that I thought he was back when I was a crazy Adam Hughes fanboy? 
Um, this is complicated for me. It really is. I I don't want to dislike it, and I I kind of don't want to like it. I think honestly, I think it's a, it's safe to pass on if you are the kind of person that buys everything Adam Hughes does, then you know your answer. If you have bought every one of these Archie Comics reboots and you've loved them, maybe you know your answer. For me, I can pass on this. It does not hook me. It does not keep me going. It does not It does not really flip anything on its head the way that Mark Wade did, the way that God, this Fiona Staples that did the art. Why couldn't I remember that earlier? The the, the Wade Staples mm-hmm. book, the the Henderson Zdarsky book. Those, I don't know. Hughes is a very talented man that represents the past, and that can be okay. And if that's what if that's what appeals to you, then read this. For, for me, I guess I just gotta say no, thank you. I mean, maybe I would buy a copy of the Tom Bancroft cover or these really are some very pretty um, uh, alternate covers. Yeah. The variants. Yeah. I, I am in the same page as you. I feel like I, I, I think Adam Hughes is a talented artist. I like, I, you know, his covers and his, but I'm sorry, I think are really good. I don't love them enough. I have never bought any copies of them. I don't own any prints from Adam Hughes. I, this, like the the joy of the the the, the Wade Staples stuff and the Zdarsky Anderson stuff, like the joy of that was like seeing these characters that you think of in these very like boring and staid ways be introduced in a new way by new writers, new artists, make them feel modern. This mm-hmm. seems to do the opposite. It feels yeah. like it is has a a accomplished artist writing it in a very way that is like the old way. And I don't read. I the reason we don't. I, Eric, your, I mean, your criticism of old Archie comics is pretty on point, and I, it feels like this is how that reads in a lot of ways. It, it mm. may, it maybe is constructed more like a modern comic, but still, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, if you are buying Adam Hughes books because he draws them, you're already buying this. So, but I am a do not buy. Yeah. A very sad and dejected do not buy. So, double do not buy, Betty and Veronica, number one. Do you read anything else this week, Eric? No, I caught up on Black Widow. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. It's spectacular. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. But I this mean, was uh, Samney and 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 who Wade else? and Wade. Wade and Samney. Oh man, fucking Wade. It the Samney. I like Samney's art in this. Like he. Oh yeah. Of course, Daredevil is the thing that most people laud him for at this point. But I feel like if this has as much run time as Daredevil does, it. His art in it is just, in storytelling, is just so good. I can't even, I can't do it justice. It, it's everyone, if you are not reading Black Widow, read Black Widow every week. They're, all these issues are amazing. They're just, they're masterpieces of visual storytelling. Whew. So, Eric, mm-hmm. ready to move on? I suppose so. Okay. Let, let's move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is a part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week, what we've seen, talked about, read, viewed, watched, played, eaten, listened to, other verbs. What have you been doing, Eric? <sighs> well, I figure we could talk a little bit about Stranger Things, oh, which yeah. I haven't finished. Did you finish it? I, I finished it, yes. I am maybe halfway through it, so we can 
we can give uh, we I'll, can talk I'll about do it spoiler, a little I'll do spoiler bit. free discussion. That's that's mainly my thing. I really have not been able to do a whole heck of a lot else. Okay. Well, I'll I'll talk about some Matt Fraction, and then let's, we can then let, we can do some Stranger Things. Um, I uh, I just I subscribe to the, the Fraction and Kelly Sue's newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Fraction section, you talked about uh, a thing he is doing on their website, the milk their milk fed website, which is their mm-hmm. production company. Uh, that is. He is doing a, a like a series of analysis called the Me Decade, where he looks back at his early superhero work and kind of now you know Matt Fraction today reading stuff he wrote as a relatively new comic book writer and especially new superhero comic book writer, mm. and it's really fascinating him hating himself <laughs> about all the, the torture. Like he he talks about how. Uh, an editor has always said that the worst day in comics is Wednesday because that's the day you can you have to stop making changes. You have to stop fixing it because mm. it has to go out. And he and he you know he's he uh, has released three different like little articles, um, mostly talking about his his stuff with uh, Punisher during Civil War, mm. Civil War era Marvel Universe, um, and how actually and how he kind of meshed Frank Castle with the event and what he did with Frank Castle and his view on that character. It's very interesting, very fascinating, uh, especially hearing him out talk about how the mistakes he thinks he made. I, I don't know. I always find artists looking back at their own work, you know, how they've grown and changed and what the, their own critiques of it, because a lot of people will never critique their own work. Right. And, I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, I like... They all, artists, artists are neurotic about their shit. Well, I, I don't... I, I just get a lot of people like I the interview question is like, what do you think about this thing you did? And like, oh, I never watched my own. I never look back at stuff I did a long time ago because it would drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hearing him just be honest about it is is very fascinating. And then you get a little peek into like how the Marvel you know, Marvel editorial and universe worked, at least at that time. I It's very fascinating. It's on the MilkFed website, um, MilkFed.us. You can, or you just search The Me Decade, Matt Fraction. You'll find it as well. So you said you're four episodes into Stranger Things, Eric? Uh, maybe five or six even. There's, there's eight total. Yeah, there's eight total. There's only eight total. Let me, let me look at, let me look at, uh. There, and I, I hear, there might be some spoilers for those who have not watched Stranger Things. This is a relatively, relatively new series. Yes. So if, if skip, skip this if you don't want to hear anything about it. We're going to try and limit it to non-spoilery things, but you know, sometimes it can't be helped. Things get mentioned. We do occasionally talk about stuff. Okay, I want to see what my last episode was. It looks like I fell asleep watching episode five. Okay, so you so I solid am, through four. Yeah, I'm more than halfway through. Okay, um, I finished it. Um, and I everyone there's a lot of people raving mm-hmm. online, which is why I went and watched because I saw so, so many people on my Twitter timeline, all of them, all at the same time, like Stranger Things, you must watch it. If you like Stephen King, go watch this. And I'm like, well, I really like Stephen King. I probably should watch it. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Okay, I, there's a lot of hesitance. I, but I, I don't like love it. it. I, li- I I have criticisms. I feel what, like a lot of people what like... What are your criticisms? I think it's... And I'm, I feel like these criticisms are kind of unique. I don't know. I don't... I think a lot of people would see what I say and go, I'm wrong. Like, not even that I... But I feel like, one, it doesn't do enough to to kind of go somewhere from that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. 
I feel it, it nails the aesthetic it's going for. Yes. It, like, it is pitch perfect, like, that kind of, it's set in 80, what year, early 80s, right? Like, 84 um, or something, 85, 83? I know it's in there somewhere. I guess it, I guess it would be more early 80s, because it does, in some places, have a kind of, a kind of 70s vibe, like, leftover 70s. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I guess I get that. That does make sense. There's, like, I know it, it happened. The Thing came out in 1982, and there is a poster of The Thing in one of those backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I, I went and looked at, like, someone at the AV Club made a list of all the pop culture references that are in there. Right. And so, like, I, I, I forget, I but it's in that time frame, and, like, it feels like, a lot of people say, it feels like the Goonies. I mean, it feels like a lot like those, like, a group of kids do a Thing mm-hmm. movie. It, like, this, there's certainly a horror movie aesthetic that the the music feels very much john carpenter style kind of yeah i I hear a lot of comparison to uh uh steven spielberg and et yeah that and that uh, at at came out in 1983 like it mm -hmm, is definitely um twin peaks as well oh for for sure yeah small small town weirdness shit Yeah. yeah And like, and it nails all those, like that aesthetic stuff, which I kind of, I like all of those things. I don't like ET, but I like how all those things look and sound and that it does a really good job of nailing all that stuff. I feel like the acting's really good. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a little slow mm-hmm. to me. I feel like it is like, I feel like there's an X-Files episode that told a story like this and did it in an hour. And you're stretching this out to eight hours. I feel like you could cut it down to six and not lose much. Uh, I don't, and I, some of it just like, I, I think just some of the characters, I don't, I don't like the teenage girl or that teenage, the brother of the missing child. I don't like either of those characters. Hmm. Um, and we spend, I, 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 I like him though. I think that's odd. I don't know. Like, you don't, you don't like the suffering weirdo, huh? That's always, that's kind of my thing. I, it's, I don't like that's and it kind of ties into like it doesn't feel like this like the show ever gets its own identity. That's like it feels like it is very much like hey, remember all those things that you really really like? We will replicate them almost perfectly, but kind of never. It never feels like it goes off in its own. Like I will not spoil anything at the ending, but it went pretty much exactly where I thought it would. Mm. Um, and not and not and it, it's it's executed very well. And that little uh the, the eleven. Is yeah. really good. Winona Ryder does an excellent job as the all, mother. All the all the kids are really fabulous. Yeah, they're really good child actors. Like they're they're, they're charming as hell. It's really really great watching them. And I I like the the, the disaffected sheriff. I like Winona Ryder. I like all the uh, even uh, what's his face as the villain. Um, it's um, oh hell! Someone told me who this is. Private Joker. Yes. Um, can't remember his name. Matthew it's Modine. Joker. Matthew, fine. Matthew Modine. That's who it is. Uh, he does a good job, even though he's he is also. I I never you get. I I never got enough from him to like make him like a, at the same character level as any of the other townspeople. Um, there is. I you haven't finished it, so I, I there's something else I have a, a problem with that also ties into the. It doesn't go past its tropes in certain places, so that ties in there but i would just say it there's another thing that happens that makes it feel like it doesn't try and do its own thing mm-hmm. i but i am i hope there's more of this I, and i hope it kind of 
tries and goes further in the next. I'm sure that I don't, I think they've already announced a second season. Um, I think it's going to be like a Fargo thing where they do like an, a story. It's like anthology. They're not necessarily going to tie directly into this tale, mm-hmm. but I hope that they take this aesthetic and then maybe do a little bit, go further, push it a little harder. Hmm. Have you liked it so far? I have indeed enjoyed it. And I think for the exact reasons that you're saying, but I think I do. I guess it is more the charisma of of the cast and the weird mystery of the story and the joy of being in this weird nostalgic world. Um so I think it's a it's an interesting um perspective that I wonder if I get to the end of it and really sort of dwell on it and think about it a while. How am I gonna feel about it? I don't know. I, I have not finished it and I'm interested uh I'm I'm interested in uh in how I feel about it by the end. You raise a lot of interesting points here. Well you can we'll see. I, I, I am sorry. I'm I there's a lot of people who have nothing but praise for it. Like they don't Oh of course. Yeah. But it wouldn't be us if we weren't being hateful as shit about stuff. <laughs> it's really, really important. Very important. Mm-hmm. It's almost necessary. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Anything else you want to talk about, Eric, before we move on? Not so much. I, I, I don't need to mention my 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 fitness accomplishment because my Facebook has fucking exploded about it. I've never gotten that many reactions to any single post ever. You clearly have read it. You I have. you were you were the only the only male person to click the heart button. I love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my my gut told me to go there. That's what I did. I, I I appreciate you, Robbie. I wanted to I want to write a post about how I can't be clicking on no gay little heart. <laughs> God, you have to the, the Facebook has to give me a, a a dick button to click on so I can dong people's oh, I can God. dong people's uh, their posts. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Mm, it's pretty bad. You just need like they just have to have a pro fist. You just got to fist yeah. the posts. Absolutely. You, you know them. where it's you know where it's at, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. We can move on. Can we really? I mean, as much as we can, if you know sure. what I mean. Like, you know, we never sure. we never get past that. But we can go to our final segment. The uh it is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week, we are doing Copra Round 3 by Michelle Fife. Um, we have, we have previously discussed the first two, uh, collections of this. Eric was, uh, kind enough to get me this book at Heroes Con. With a lovely inscription. Yeah, uh, Michelle Fife himself, uh, to Rob, the most miserable motherfucking shitball I've ever known, XOXO Fife. Mm-hmm. So, he's such a good guy. He's so nice and sweet. Uh, you can, his tender heart, you can just tell those in those words. He's not gonna forgive you, Robbie. He's not? He's not gonna forgive, he's not gonna let it go. Blood feud forever? B- hashtag blood feud forever, hashtag rest in power. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, moving, from our impressions from the first two volumes, first two trades of this, this is a different thing. A little bit. Yeah. Little, little vignettes about the characters. Thankfully, all, I mean, I'll say my favorite characters. They really are my favorite characters, but like, 
there's there's a lot of very good characters in in uh in Cobra, but he he really capitalizes on this. This was a lot more distilled, a lot easier to read through, and it was still like it was still really truly wonderful. Like uh, this was this is my favorite volume of Cobra so far. I think I agree with you. And, yeah, and like I definitely liked one and two. This is just like I don't know. It's it's head and shoulders better. It's really truly good. Well, it and you you kind of already alluded to it. It like the the thing that stands out to me when I read those first two volumes is I, I and we've you've referred back to it a couple times. Is like I like I always use the word like dynamic. It's very like mm. visceral. Like it's like the action kinetic. It's always moving and. These are, like you said, vignettes that there is action in them, but mm-hmm. certainly not nearly as much as those first two. They're definitely slower, and depending on which chapter you're reading, like much slower. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, like the one that stands out to me actually is the one with a uh, uh, were the the, yeah. the the robot the kid who wears that, the robot suit. That's that's my favorite in the whole book. I yeah. think my my second favorite being um, Gracie. That's her name? Yes, the uh, in Miami. Yeah. The thing that really caught my eye. I mean, I always liked where um before. Um I all I don't know, a lot of the characters had very interesting kind of twists to them and the fact that he was like this moody teenage kid and all this stuff, but he he doesn't say where he's from, but that kid's from North Carolina. It very did you much no, did you did you notice that? What do you? I don't. What are you? You thinking about something specifically? Is it oh, say yeah, it? There's, there, well, I there's a lot of evidence that I remember specifically. The first thing that really caught my eye is that they were eating okra at that restaurant, and then he asked him to pass the vinegar, which that's like that is a there they they are at a North Carolina barbecue restaurant. You know that is definitely what they're doing. But beyond that, the definitive proof is. Uh, that they say, let's go to Asheville, let's go to Boone, and then I think they go to Raleigh and eat Lily's Pizza. So, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're in North Carolina. So, okay, I did not pick up any of that stuff. You, I, you would not. You have not been to Lily's Pizza. It, but it, even without seeing those things. Oh, I know. That's it, just me being an idiot. It feels very, you, everyone, anyone who's ever lived in or spent significant amount of times in small, mm-hmm. in a, yes, in these small, you, you, get, I, you, you don't get even have the to idea. say southern, but small southern towns in particular, yeah. you're very much like, oh yeah, I know, yes, I understand where he is from. Mm-hmm. Like very isolated. Like you have to let's go to the comic book store, let's go to the record store. It might not be there the next time you visit. Like that, that kind of thing. Like growing up, comic book stores didn't last long. Like we would, me and my my dad would take me to them, but after a while, we just couldn't go to it anymore because it will close because it didn't survive. Ours were open for a lot of them for years and years. Honestly, the one the one in my hometown, people stopped going to it because the owner was a psychopath. <laughs> God, I can't even remember. Like he, God, one of my friends made a a, a joke about um, Bristol Palin, and he screamed at him for like twenty minutes, and then banned him from the store forever. So that that is. Um, it that in that chapter in particular, like in the, in the very end, um, Fife kind of talks about his i like what he was going for in each of these mm-hmm. chapters, 
and he doesn't even he doesn't mention this about the that particular chapter with the were, but it felt like a Coen Brothers movie in that he's in in particular the, the like small town, this one character who and obviously our knowledge of him from what he has had, yeah. what he has gone through in the first two volumes kind of ties into it, but that kind of the way he handles the sudden violence at the end. Yeah, I, I could I could see the comparison to a Coen Brothers movie that. That makes sense. It's not the first thing. And, 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 but the weird, like, weird Midwestern, like, or, you know, small town. Yeah. It even, it even feels like a, um, you know, like a 90s indie comic. Yeah. Uh, particularly, and his notes at the end are very interesting about that. Um, I definitely was seeing them in a slightly different light. But I mean, the first one reads a lot like his standard Frank Miller sort of story. Yeah, it does. Uh, and, and, Lloyd is very much that kind of character and it's it's nice that the art style changes like I thought it was a guest artist I'm like that doesn't make sense but he just literally is like I'm going to take my time and draw it more controlled and it's going to be cleaner and that's going to be the way this looks it's going to make it different and it feels different um but I th- I think in a lot of ways it's like reading a a, a Daniel Klaus sort of story yeah that too you know that it's it's sort of about disaffected being a a frustrated teenager yeah um and then you get to the story about jacks racks racks yeah and he he says it was his steve ditko but to me it felt like it it felt like um oh hell um Alan Moore, uh, Watchmen. It from hell, it, even more so to me. Which I I get that, but I'm just talking about the the. It had the exact like rigid panel structure. Yes, for sure. Um, which, of of and why can't I think of his damn name? Robbie, help me. Who who are we talking about? Watchmen. Dave Gibbons. Yes, Dave Gibbons. Dave help me bloody, be less dumb. Dave, Dave bloody, bloody Gibbons. Dave bloody Gibbons. Yeah, I mean I'll trust that. It was it was more Ditko, but that's the first thing that I think of: redheaded guy in prison, strict grid structure. I just I I feel like because Ditko has after his seventies work in DC just kind of vanished and mm-hmm. continued making comics, but comics not many people read because he publishes well, himself and he only he mails them directly to Ayn Rand's uh, Moldering Corpse. Oh dear lord. <laughs> I feel like his, when you say Dicko, like, it's hard, like, we don't have, like, modern reference for that. Like, you have to go back and read that, the, that stuff from the 70s and 60s for, to get any kind of, like, and I, I don't, when I think Steve Dicko, I do not think of, I think of Spider-Man, his, mm-hmm. his Spider-Man. That's, that's mainly what I think of when I think of Steve Dicko. But mm-hmm. I still real I, like, he seemed like he really challenged himself to try and do a different thing in each of these issues. Yeah. Yeah. And like the last one is, he says is his Kirby issue. I mm-hmm. think the, the, the Xenia one where she's like going off in a, she is. Yeah. Been, I, it, I get that. It, well, I'm, it's, it has new gods guys showing up. Yeah. It's very much crazy interdimensional travel. Mm-hmm. She becomes, she's becoming godlike with, because she's swallowed a piece of the thing, the MacGuffin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She swallowed a piece of the MacGuffin. 
Um, and she kind of, it, it's an interesting interplay in there because we see her kind of inner dialogue and her trying to deal with this newfound ability she has and her loyalty to her, to, to Dr. Strange, basically. <laughs> uh, it's not that subtle. No, it is not, but he is, he's lost in dimensions and he's, he suddenly, he, he goes from Dr. Strange to Dormammu very quickly. Um, what, uh, you said that your favorites are were and the, and Gracie? What, what? I like I like Gracie, but I think it's just because I relate to the North Carolina and the Florida story. I mean, I love all these characters. Yeah. That I mean, this is my favorite volume for a reason. It 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 tells good stories about these characters and makes me appreciate them on a deeper level. Like I I like the Lloyd story and I mean Lloyd is hard not to like, but I think of the stories, I think his story I kind of like the least i had almost forgotten goofy's stories in this book it's also Go- very strange i i like that though yeah me too i Goofy's goofy is delightful it, it you know in this weird dimension and she's with these weirdo people that that we don't know who they are <laughs> like just this mm-hmm. guy random and i i don't that's where that's the that's the episode where new gods guy is. yeah I'm that's sorry. yeah no you were right that's I, I was i was thinking of the wrong one but i I don't think I have actually got to the point I was trying to make at some point earlier, but the fact that there's a lot more still moments in this book and these, all these issues than were mm-hmm. in the first two. And yet that kind of still kinetic and dynamicism and stuff like that is still in here. It feels like there's that bit in, in where, and like where he's just kind of hanging out with his friends and they're not really doing anything. And, but I like, it still is very compelling and it, it, it still propels you forward even as it's not like there's not the action that from, you know, with like eight different people trying to murder each other in eight different ways that you get in the first two volumes of this. It is quiet, but still very like fast feeling like there's a shot of just like traffic lights at one point. And it's, and I still like, Oh my, wow. Like I, I even like, I had the thought in my head as I was reading, I'm like, wow, this is like, like I'm looking at traffic lights. And I'm still feeling very like compelled to continue. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting like I'm not going like which I sometimes feel in the the the, the Daniel Klaus stuff occasionally where I'm like, yep, that is that's a scene in a diner. <laughs> and this some the scenes in diners I'm still like okay I'm excited about what's happening like mm-hmm. that the Gracie at the end even after everything is over basically in that issue she is still like doing drugs in the bathroom in this diner and like having these she's like suffering from like multiple like skits like schizophrenic narration going on and it is still like really fast-paced and and compelling although i mean i concur with everything she says about miami (laughs) based on my very very short experience you think the cubans ruined it that's racist of you well not that but the all about the quality of i wonder what i wonder story without cocaine no i think it is i think it is required it is definitely required i told you about when i went to miami for art basel and there was that whiny girl Mm -hmm. yelling in the car and she she said guys stop doing fucking drugs (laughs) i mean it's not bad advice necessarily depending on i think she just she just wanted some oh okay 
she she wanted them to share. Oh, well, she should have said, you got to use your words. If you, you mean, you got to let people know how you feel about things. I guess that's true. I wonder if she's like Dominican or. What, Gracie? Yeah. I'm not sure. Or Puerto Rican. It, it feels like all these characters are like, aside, I think Wur is the only one we see at home, really. Right. Well, you see, you see Gracie's family. That's true. They're speaking some, some, some Spanish and I don't know. She hates Cubans. She does hate Cubans, so I assume she is not Cuban. Probably not Cuban. Yeah. It, 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 those are like, and those two stories are so, stand out because of that fact. Like, you see them with their family. We're in particular, but also Gracie. Like, you see them with family. The other, all the other characters are, like, so divorced from their families at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, they are... Lloyd is a job. Yeah, they're, they are not, they don't have families anymore. Mm-hmm. They are, all they are, are corporate agents and or intergalactic prisoners. Like, it's not, or interdimensional prisoners. Well, you see... You see Rax is, uh, see a, a woman he's in love with. You do. His ex-wife or whatever she was. Ex-something. Yeah. She also looks like uh, Rorschach. <laughs> She's the female Rorschach. Yeah. She kind of is. Yeah. Um, do, do you think you'd have to read the first two volumes to read this and like it? I don't know. I think it would seem really, really weird. Um... I don't think it would make a lot of sense. I think you could enjoy it. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like the appeal, like, if you like great comics, yeah, then you'll like this. Of course you will, just as, like, you'd like the first two round, the first two trades of Copra. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like because of the, the slower pace, the more introspection into characters, that it has a different sort of appeal. Like, something that I wouldn't, if I was just reading Copra and I was just picking this up just to browse it, I would be not expecting that. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I did not expect. I expected more of the excellence that is in the first two volumes. I'm, you know, I, I didn't know, like the fact that this doesn't really pick up directly from where round two ended. Instead, I, it, I, I believe that's what he's saying is happening in the first issue. There's no real break between the two, is there? I, no, I think what he's saying is that didn't Lloyd die in the end of? Mm-mm. The big return that was really the immediate continuation. Number 12's final scene. Sorry, new readers. There was no other way. The story will be as deep and personal as I get with this character. Maybe he's gone. See, he's gone. I thought that meant like he was dead. Okay. Maybe it does. Because I, I forget if, who survived and who did not that final. I don't remember. I don't remember Lloyd dying, but. Wow. <laughs> We don't do our we don't do our homework. Uh, well, I, I I wanted to not read those first two and see what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good. I picked right up where I, I left off. But I mean, like the rest, aside from that 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 last issue, the first issue in this, which is like we've already described, very similar in in style. In prison, one is a kid in a small town. One is a a woman like undercover trying to infiltrate a drug cartel one is uh one is a woman trapped in a different dimension being confronted by the new gods one is a a, a woman with godlike powers talking trying to find her master in the in a different plane of existence it's all craziness 
I really appreciate Michelle Fife going in this direction mm. and not doing the same. Like he has a, he's in a very unique position where he can do this and be successful at it. I mean, it's, he has earned it because of how good he is and how hard he works. Um, but he could have easily not if he, you know, he, but he instead went, I'm going to do weird things. And it's kind of what, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because that is what he did in the first place in starting Cobra in this weird superhero, superhero suicide squad thing with all new original characters and all pulpy and weird and fast. And he's going to do his own, like an issue a month by himself and for a year. And this, I guess I should have expected it because it is the thing that it would be abnormal. Like usually creators find something successful. They keep at it. Mm. But instead he went, you know, I'm going to take the same book and the same characters, but I'm going to do a little different. I'll make it slower or I'm going to go after it. I'm going to try and just do a style of a certain artist that I like. There's, there's not a lot of value in, in most situations for, uh, experimentation. I think that doing the done thing, the expected thing, it just sort of earns a paycheck and gets the job done. You know what I mean? Yes. Because he's working for himself to, uh, to, to, to the largest extent, basically, you know, he, this is, you know, 100% him. Mm -hmm. Do you think you, you had mentioned how he had, you know, took his time and did the, you know, made the art different and better. Do you feel like this book is a a dramatic difference between the, the, this and the first two volumes? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Particularly in the Lloyd story. Um, I do feel like he has improved a lot as an illustrator after doing all these books. He wasn't particularly bad, but I feel like he has become more accurate and confident with what he does, that he can spend what little time he has to draw something and hit it a lot closer to what he was imagining or draw it a lot more clearly or... And I think drawing, what issues does it say? This is through, this is through 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drawing, drawing 18 issues of a, a book and coloring it and all that. I mean, you, you're going to improve tremendously. Trial and fire. Yeah, he has. He has gotten good and he's thrown the dice and experimented in some ways and it's, it's largely paid off. It's a really glorious book. Would you be disappointed if the next arc was more of stuff that was similar to rounds one and two? I don't think so. I I think you can do these deep dives into characters and we can spend more time with them. It um, it kind of feels like the divergent stories in Game of Thrones a little bit. You know, how the, someone gets run out of town and then you go off and... You watch their story, and they're going all over the countryside, and then here's all the people that they encounter, and you know it just makes the world that much richer and more complicated. Um, and I think like that, it probably will add a lot more sting when we see some of these characters bite it. Which is, I feel, almost inevitable. Yeah, at least one of these characters is probably going to die. I'd be surprised if it's if it's goofy if they've 
if he's brought her back that way. Yeah, that's true. She's she's pretty goddamn uh, intense. If she's gonna have a, if she's gonna die, she's uh, she's gonna have like the most epic Sean Beaniest death ever. Gonna have a satellite dish fall on her. Well, we can only hope so. <laughs> a satellite dish. That is uh, the end of Goldeneye. Okay. He is impaled by. Well, I think you no, know, he falls like a great distance into a satellite dish, and then a di- another thing falls on top of him and kills him. The first Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Mm. Anything else you want to discuss? No, I don't think so. I thoroughly enjoyed this. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, you fuck. Miserable motherfucking shitball, I believe, is... Uh, that's his name. Not that's, his that, words, not mine. That's. I mean, that's fair. So, Handsomites, next week... We are doing Paper Girls Volume 1 by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. Matt Wilson on colors. Very excited. I, I've only I've only read the first two issues, and we'll, I'm excited to read the rest and discuss it with Mr. Eric Goodnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Episodes there, downloadable and streaming. Links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. On Twitter, at hbchour. And you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, if you enjoyed what you heard, please take a few moments, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere you find us, any podcast or service you use. Doing those things really helps us out, helps new people find the show. We greatly appreciate you doing that. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? My things? Mm-hmm. You can look at my things by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com. That's my portfolio. And you can go to EricZGoodnight.com to see most of the other things I get up to online. That includes my Instagram where I'm known as EasyGoodnight and my Twitter where I'm at MrBadExample, spelled M-R, BadExample. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.